Welcome back for another episode of the AWG Podcast, where we discuss the biggest topics and trends in the water sport and boat tour industry. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and join our mailing list by visiting watersportpodcast.com. After you finish listening, continue the conversation in our Facebook group, Water Sport and Boat Tour Operators. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. They come to relax. Enjoy the beach. Have fun and spend money. And that's where we come in. This is the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast. Find out tips on the best ways to market and operate a water sports business. If you're a water sports operator, you need to grow your brand, operate more safely, upgrade your operations, and of course, increase bookings. We're industry veterans, broadcasting from Destin, Florida. This is the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast, and this is Kevin O'Neill and Greg Fisher. Today's episode is with Jaden and Steven from Amp Agency, and we are going to talk about customer acquisition, probably Kevin's favorite topic, maybe? Uh I, I well, I love to wax. I just love to wax on acquisition. Like I love, I, I and I don't want to be like dramatic here, but I think acquisition is just such a cool topic because, it, I mean, it, it's it's how people find you, you know, and it's it's this message that you get. It's this message that you share. So I'm always interested in like we got really in the in the nuts and bolts of it and like the more technical side of it and why acquisition is really important. But I think like how you find your customers and, and connect with pe- and connect with people, and it's something I say all the time. It's not even uh, how you just acquire customers, but continue to keep that conversation going. So I kind of feel like it all like happens in the same kind of space. So yeah, I love I love talking acquisition, and this was a great show. I loved it. It was really fun. Yeah, it really was. We drilled down on even some some more advanced stuff. So we don't really get to too high level. Uh, but we we went high level in in some of the conversations. So for you guys that are you know more advanced marketers, uh, you'll love uh, what we talked about. So uh, yeah, let's just get to the show. Let's get awkward. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. We're here with Stephen Edwards and Jaden Simbaluck from Amp Agency in Las Vegas, Nevada. Guys, welcome to the show. Hey, hey. guys, thanks for having us. Hey, g- glad to be on. We listened to you guys, and uh, yeah, excited to be on. As we like to do, like to know a little bit about what you guys do. And Stephen, uh, you can start for us. I'm going to start. Okay, so we are an agency that focuses on um, tours, adventure activities, um, anything to do with the rental or action adventure space. Our clients are jet ski rental shops, jet ski tours, boat tours, sailing tours, um, ATV, snowmobile. We've got clients from... San Diego to the Bahamas, where you can go swim with the pigs. Uh, end of the day, our job is to help tour operators get more bookings. And additionally, you guys, uh, you guys, uh, just besides the AMP agency, you guys run your own tours, right? Yeah. So we have internally, we have a Jeep tour and rental company. Um, we have slingshots with that, where we do slingshot rentals. We do um, boat and jet ski rentals under a separate company. And we have a Hoover Dam scooter tour. So Whoa, yeah, we, we back got, up, back up. Hold on. What the fuck is a slingshot? What's a slingshot? Uh, Polaris slingshot. It's a three-wheeled like motorcycle, two-passenger motorcycle. It looks like a miniature Batmobile. 
Yeah, there you go. Ah, all right. Not, not cool. the Batmobile from 1960, but the Batmobile from like Christian Bale's Batmobile. I th- I thought maybe there was like some kind of like human slingshot shit in Vegas. I'm like, I am fucking take my money now. I want to get slingshotted through the air into some like you know cushion. Obviously, I don't want to die, but no, yeah, it's nothing that cool. It's just a three seater motorcycle, but they're really popular here. We've got a we've got a fleet of those, a fleet of jeeps, and yeah, um, we got into it because uh, when we started in the activity in like tour business, it was almost easier to you know, do a proof of work or a proof of concept when we were talking to clients that, you know, if you were going to trust us with your tour business, here's our tour business. Here's, you know, my Jeep company, my, you know, boat jet ski rental company. We're doing the exact same strategies, the exact same, you know, advertising techniques and, and methods we would do with your business that we're doing with ours. And, you know, we started with one Jeep and now we have five Jeeps. We've got five slingshots, a bunch of jet skis, you know, boats and a bunch of scooters for our scooter tour. And all of this is built around one single Jeep Wrangler that I traded in a Dodge pickup for. Nice. Can I, can I give you some advice? Please. I have wanted to do scooter tours forever yep. only because I just wanted to call it Scoo Tour. that is fucking gold you go ahead and use that and i will get i'll collect the residual what i'm gonna let you hold on to that one that one i think (laughs) is all yours to use wherever you like (laughs) i love it man i listen i i oh i told greg i told greg when we first got this going i was like i think we should call this walk tourpreneur (laughs) we would have gotten in trouble (laughs) so uh, i'm just curious how did you guys actually get into Tourism. How'd you get into digital agency? So we, so we were always a, a marketing agency and, and kind of like what Steve said, we, we kind of had this, I don't know, not, not a, not a coming to Jesus moment, but we wanted to work with clients that had awesome businesses, you know what I mean? And so like, like he said, once we started um, or kind of reverse engineered the Jeep rental business, I mean, we were already kind of working with some clients in the tourism space and we noticed that there was kind of a missing agency piece to it where people weren't really you know using our strategies that we were using for the tourism space and so we we decided to go all in on it and you know what i mean with that we became amp agency and you know we we, we live breathe and and die adventure and activity marketing but what more specifically like how what is your background um did you guys you know work in this industry or you know so- so we've always been in the advertising space. I have, I, I have a background in actually radio, radio sales and stuff like that. I used to work um, in radio. I'm from North Dakota actually. And so that wasn't really a tourism space. And so when we moved to uh, Las Vegas, we just became more involved in it and, and, and part of things around it in the Las Vegas market. And now we've been here and that's kind of our, our background history in it. Um, Steve's kind of always been the, the, Google ads, the, you know, the technology side guy. And then I was kind of always the business development side of it. And we kind of created the, the marketing agency together with that. And, and to that, I mean, you know, we've like every other agency started with, you know, let's be an agency and go chase down clients. And I don't want to say they suck, but you end up working with whoever you can work with. So you're working with chiropractors and you're working with the taco shop down the street and, I mean, you want to feel like your soul leave your body, go try to run Google ads for a, uh, 
you know, uh, accident lawyer, you know, in Chicago or go run chiropractor ads. And it's, it's just, it's, it's not fun. It sucked. And when we started in the tourism space, you know, the best part about it is people are, are in the fun business. You know, their customers are generally happy. They're in the business of selling fun and, you know, we're in Vegas. So we see it, we see the tour, you know, our office is, uh, we could almost throw a rock to the palms from our office. We're seeing people come to Vegas to have a good time and to experience something. And it's certainly way more fun than talking about dental marketing and how they need to get more people in for uh, root canals. Yeah, for sure. So our topic today is customer acquisition. And there's a lot of unpack here and we'll try to condense it as much as possible. So my first question for you guys is just to kind of give us an overview of what online customer acquisition is and why should it matter? So to that, so customer acquisition, how do you get a customer to book with you? Meaning is the customer, you know, your advertising dollars, you're spending money out there to get customers. You're running Facebook ads, you're running Google ads. Is that customer or is that potential customer booking with you? Are they completing a conversion with you? Are your ads working for you to produce more revenue for your business? Um, And we find that a huge bulk of customers or clients, I guess I would call them, have zero idea if their advertising is working. They pull arbitrary numbers for their advertising. Um, They're spending X amount of dollars on Facebook ads and on rack cards and on billboards and pick your advertising medium because they did it in the past and it worked or they feel like it worked for them, but they couldn't tell you real dollars to cents if it actually produced them more money. They just know that like, well, in the spring we ran a TV ad and in that TV ad, we got some more customers and we ran some Facebook ads and it seems like our phone rang a little bit more than it did before. So you hear all these numbers like, or are these acronyms, I should say, you know, T-Row and ROI and uh, CPA break down. Like what are, I, I get tired of listening to all these, these acronyms and people's throw them, these KPIs, people thrown out at me. I just, yeah. and I just threw one out, keep KPI uh, break. What are the three or four metrics that really matter? Like what are, what are uh, the ones that operators should say, okay, these are ones I should be looking at on a, on a regular basis. Truthfully, the only one that I care about is your cost to acquire a customer. Or your return on ad spend. I I think. Yeah, same. I mean, different way to skin a cat. But yeah, what does it cost you to acquire a sale? Um, If you're, you know, spending $1,000 a month in advertising, what is that $1,000 a month in advertising generating in revenue? Your return on ad spend. So um, we have a pretty dialed in plan where we've been able to get close to a 10 X return on ad spend, you know, across the board, whether, you know, you're running a scooter tour, you're running a, you know, a jet ski rental company or anything like that. We have others that are performing better, but 10 X is our, is our margin. So if you're spending a thousand bucks a month in Google AdWords, that should be generating you 10,000 bucks a month in sales. So do you, do you say that for just operators or most operators that are in then water sports or tours, should a 10x be the norm? Is that what, no matter what agency or if they do it themselves, what number is somewhat baseline uh, for this industry? So that's our goal to shoot for. I think when you ask what's the baseline for our industry, I think that's a completely 
made up number because I can show you more operators. I couldn't tell you even close to what it cost them to acquire a customer than ones that can. And part of that becomes because customers are not recording everything. They're not measuring everything. So when they consider a conversion, a conversion to a lot of people is somebody just booking online. Well, if you're a rental operator, a lot of rental operators take a big bulk of their bookings over the phone. But how is that customer finding you for your phone number? Are they going to your website? Are they calling you from Google My Business? Are they calling you from Facebook? Where is that customer getting your phone number from? And if you're running Google ads, those ads should be tra- or you know should be tied to some sort of Google or so- some sort of call tracking mechanism so that you know that John Smith saw your ad on Google, clicked your ad, went to your website and called you and booked over the phone. That's still a Google ads conversion. We need to track everything in order to determine what is successful and what isn't. And that is the biggest failure that I see uh, when we look at a lot of tour operators setups and how they are running their advertising. I want to have, have an addendum quick question there. Yep. Captain questions. Let me let me get somebody to love. I want to ask these guys some questions. Okay. So so when you're looking at over time then, are you doing like a more comprehensive uh, data analysis then? Like are, are you looking at like CLV and then remarketing maybe through through email to stay forefront of their mind? So when you say that number 10%, are you talking about are you talking about ROAS? Are you talking about over time? Are you talking about as a whole? Like if I contract, let's say AMP agency yep. or any agency, uh, are you looking at that, that metric as you, so your return on Google ad spend, your email, your Facebook, your direct marketing? We're looking uh, at it as an all encompassing number. So not just Google ads, but your Google ads, your Facebook ad spend, what you are spending on hard dollars in marketing. If you're putting out a billboard for, and you're spending a thousand bucks a month on a billboard, would you not want to understand what the return on ad spend is on that? Now, you know, of course, somebody's going to chime in and I'm sure in the comments, you're going to hear, well, there is a branding aspect to it. Sure. The long game. Yes. You're going to play some branding. You want to brand your business. We get that. But where we're more concerned is the advertiser that is pulling arbitrary numbers from the sky for advertising, Facebook, Google, um, you know, we'll call it digital marketing for that matter. They're just pulling arbitrary numbers for ad spend with no real measurement of how that ad spend is converting into dollars into your business. So to your question, Kevin, are we measuring return? It's all return on ad spend, except it's accumulated over their entire ad spend in that for digital marketing. I got a question for more advanced listeners. Yep. Attribution for yep. conversions is a, is a topic that I have with some of our more advanced marketers. You know, there's somewhat of a debate of how to attribute your conversions. And I and TripShock, I do a one-day view through and yep. a 7-day click. But then there's some guys who will argue that you should be doing a 30-day click and like a 7-day view. Uh, I know from our our data that most conversions happen. When I say most, about 75% of conversions happen after the first interaction to our website. And that seems to be very similar to a lot of tour companies. Maybe maybe ones that do like, you know, multi-day tours, it's, it's a longer window. But, you know, what is your guys' thought on that? Because obviously, you're, depending on how you attribute might change your 
your return ad spend or your or your CPA. But what do you guys think uh, for you know just water sports, water tours? Uh, where, where do you see that attribution? We we run ours the same. Um, so we are running on a one day seven um, attribution window um, because that is that is the case. We're finding that people are not, especially with a lot of our operators, they're not getting bookings that are so far out where it's like where we're having customers come back two, three weeks later, where we have to worry about that attribution. Most of our attribution is happening in that first, you know, first interaction, second interaction. Um, For those, Hey, I want to jump in real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt, but but, so maybe we can unpack that a little bit. Um, So for those who don't understand uh, what the one day, seven day attribution window looked like, explain that there's somebody who does who's not at that who doesn't understand what that means so what we're what we're measuring is from the first time they interact with your website to when they actually perform a checkout or perform a booking on or any sort of purchase with you so and and then you attribute that that purchase through 7 days you're attributing that to that initial ad yes. that initial click all right i just sometimes for like now we just took a medium level guy and we brought him up a whole nother yeah, level. Yeah, now all of a sudden we're in the weeds of like Google ads and yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and honestly, I will even say too, a lot of this, like when we started, I mean, COVID actually had a lot of people realize that they need to start looking at this stuff more than they did pre-COVID, mm-hmm. right? Especially in the tourism space because they were running a business in let's say February, you know, 2020 or before or their season. And they just came off their, their busiest season ever, right? Because people were traveling, people were just coming, walk by and then travel shut off. Right. And so this gave people an opportunity, even for our business. That's why I think we, we grew in 2020 with this because people needed to look at their digital marketing 101 over again. Right. Because, before they weren't even doing that. They didn't even have their conversion tracking set up on their back end of their website or their booking engine. You yeah. know what I mean? So they couldn't even they couldn't even talk these numbers that we're even talking about. And honestly, that's sometimes the conversations we have with clients too before they even come and become an agency. We're consulting them in the direct in the right direction to understand these numbers or these return on ad spends over a six month window now of being a customer with us. Before they weren't even really getting those numbers. Yeah. I, I can I can easily say out of the last 20 clients, 15, 20 clients we brought in, one of them was truly measuring ad spend. I mean, one client, I mean, and we're talking guys like not small clients, clients doing, you know, two, $300,000 a month in revenue, spending 10,000, $15,000 a month in Google ads, literally just spending money. And they know that it's working, but they can't tell you to the penny. They can't tell you if their phones work or, you know, if their phones are, and they're getting half of their bookings over their phone or over the phone bookings, but they just know that Google ads work. So they spend more money and uh, when their business slows down. They spend less money. Hey, Steven, uh, since we're talking about Google ads, let's uh, jump into different online channels that operators should be using in 2021. And I think we all can agree here. We talked about this on other shows before. If you aren't on Google ads, Get on Google ads, no questions, <laughs> but let's, uh, is there any other online channels that you think operators should be using in 2021, uh, aside from that? So we, with all of our clients, we do have a pretty, you know, a pretty progressive, um, 
remarketing strategy after the fact uh, that we're running in Facebook and Instagram. Um, we've started to do some more TikTok advertising as we're seeing some success in that. Um, the problem, I mean, you know, everybody's going to ask, should I be on Twitter? Should I be on Pinterest? Should I be on all of those? Uh, we really don't. We don't put our focus on those. Uh, our primaries are you're going to be your Facebook, Instagrams, um, because they've been proven to be successful, but they're not very successful with a lot of our clients on first interaction or trying to get a customer to to book. Our, our biggest success with trying to find new customers has, and I don't see it changing, will continue to be Google ads and then using Facebook and Instagram as a retargeting method to get them back to your website to book. So have you, have you seen, um, how do you feel about uh, Google getting rid of the 28 day or not Google, but Facebook getting rid of, uh, the 28 day click through. Have you saw, have you seen, have you saw a, any type of metric change in your, in your ads or your ad spend and, uh, maybe go into what you feel like, what your thoughts are on, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the eight conversion events per, uh, eight conversion events per account. So to be honest, that, I mean, we haven't had a lot of effect on it. A lot of our clients on the retargeting side, I I don't want to say that they have minimal budgets, but it's just not even close to the budget amount of like what we're talking about in Google. And I'm, you know, even guys that are doing, I want to say huge Google numbers. I mean, you know, $30,000, $40,000 a month in Google ad spend. And they're, you know, on their remarketing budgets, they're spending, you know, $500, bucks a month because they are, first off, they're, they're getting conversions pretty rapidly. Those conversions are happening in that first, you know, seven days of interaction. So we don't have a huge look back window where that ad is having to really follow them around. And because most of those bookings are happening, you know, if somebody's searching for a lot of our clients, that conversion or that booking is generally within three days. You know, so somebody's searching for a jet ski rental or rent a boat or a sunset sale. They're not looking for 30 days from now. They're looking for today, for tomorrow, that sort of thing. And they're just shopping their competitors. And and that's where the remarketing has really worked on the Google or I'm sorry, on the Facebook and Instagram side. And, and you're going to ask me to dig deep on the uh, Facebook, Instagram side. And that, unfortunately, is not my forte. I am strong in Google. Um, we have a girl on our team who lives and breathes the Facebook side of it. Uh, I just know what we do, and it and it works. And I would love to have had her here to answer that question better for you, Kevin. No, no, it's it's fine. It's it's just I think it's a conversation that over the next five to ten years we're going to have. I think that marketers are really going to have to start asking more because sure. I think this. I think the landscape is is always it's always changing, and yeah. I'm I'm always like I'm I, I'm. I, I nerd out on marketing stuff, man. I, I really do because I always like to see like, well, what's, what's around the corner? Like what, how can we reduce attribution? So not only do I, I completely agree with you, no one's paying, most, most uh, operators are not paying attention to their attribution or attribution costs or even attribution channels. Um, and obviously they, they should be. And, uh, and having these le- higher level conversation with guys uh, like you at AMP, I use, I, I do a, uh, you know, done for me marketing. I use managed services. I use an SEO guy, but I mean, we have deep conversations about where my money is going. And I've always found it uh, wild. Like these guys will care about every fucking screw in their engine, you know, every goddamn last drip of motor oil, man, but they could give a shit less 
what's you know what bringing the that, keeping those boats running so Absolutely. It's, so I didn't, I didn't mean to put you on the spot or anything no, right? you no, know I mean? no problem I, I'm, I'm learning about it you know um the part i think is you know everybody really wants to be in front of the facebook instagram and and now tiktok thing but i mean you know we're in the business on the marketing side of it content is hard you know, when you start thinking about like, you're going to go out and make TikTok ads. Well, first off, I'm, I'm 40. I don't want to date myself or put myself out of the TikTok generation, but the idea of me going out in front of a boat or expecting my clients to go out in front of their boat or their ATVs or snowmobiles and create sick, you know, I even use sick that dates me. (laughs) Um, Create good TikTok content. I mean, it's lit. It's lit. lit. Steven <laughs> makes a really good point about Facebook spend. Facebook spend for us, I and mean, we spend well over a million a year on PPC at TripShock, but we five no. percent less than five percent is Facebook of that yeah, spend. I would nothing. say, I mean, that's when we do remarketing, some acquisition, it's it's nothing. Like if we lose Facebook because of this Apple Facebook privacy issue, it will have very little impact on on our business and I, I and for most businesses that are that might be doing acquisition on facebook yeah that's maybe something but uh i don't think with acquisition ads you're not using cookies and retargeting so yeah you're just uh, reach and that doesn't work at yeah all. yeah more we i mean we've realized just with the conversation we had before that more trying to get stuff to go viral or organic on social media is more of that 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 yeah, strategy, that's right? Oh, that, that, that's a rabbit hole conversation of social yeah. media. We so, we have a dedicated marketing person at at TripShock, but social media we do not because we tried it, and I just cannot get the KPIs right to pay for a social media person. I, I mean, maybe there is some branding and some intrinsic value of the content they make, but I can't track it. And I'm a firm if I can't track it well enough and see the return on, on investment on that position, I cannot have a position dedicated to that role. So, so Greg, to that question, I mean, and more of a question for you, because I know on the trip shock side, you guys are kind of facing the same thing of like needing to run those retargeting ads. Uh, I mean, we've actually been, I'll say very successful on the retargeting ads in Facebook and Instagram. I mean, where, and it sounds stupid, but I've got clients that are spending, you know, $250 a month in like retargeting on like Facebook and they have, you know, 10, $13,000 in sales from it because it's, it's working because, you know, there's no spend because the audience is literally just site visitors and they're already in search for the product offered. So to us, it's worked really well. I wouldn't want to lose it. And, you know, the idea of running like retargeting via Google display I don't know that in my entire life I've seen a Google Display ad ever. Convert. Google Display is so expensive because you're competing with all the big brands and and but I, I'm going to be if I lose Facebook, it's going to be sad because you're right. It is the best return on ad spend in all of our marketing channels right now, but it's also a very small amount. Display and and Facebook ads crushed it for me for a specific product that could not convert via text. Okay. Because it, I couldn't, it, it, you know, we we had a specific day trip that I just couldn't explain over the phone. You had to see it. It's just like Hydroflight, right? If you look at Hydroflight, like if somebody's like, you know, fly on a hoverboard and a text ad, it's just like, what? You have to see it. And then, and, and, and that's why, that's why uh, uh, Hydroflight, uh, it always took somebody 
sort of like seeing it for the first time, 2013, 2014, it gathered a, this, a, a big audience. So I'm go- I got to play devil's advocate here because I have seen uh, heavy remarketing work. On, I mean, our numbers went through the roof when we put together a really solid video. We remarketed yep. that. And I mean, I went real, I actually went opposite and went real light on, on tax ads. And we increased our ad spend via display and, and, uh, and, and our video ads on, on Facebook. And it fucking like, it tripled our numbers the following year. And, That's and, amazing. and, and YouTube too. I mean, on that, on, on display, I mean, I think your remarketing yeah. ads on display are cheap, but we're, but we're not trying to target a display ad and, and text to convert a customer. And yeah. yeah. And, and one thing I'll say, like even a tidbit that we found is like, I don't even want to say it's like some weird secret, but it's just worked so much better than we would have ever had guessed. So it started, we have a wine operator out in Temecula. And uh, if you want to check him out, he's actually on our podcast. So you can come check that out when you're free. Um, but he, uh, feel free to edit that out, Greg. Yeah, yeah. Edit that out. <laughs> but, uh, so he runs a wine tour out in Temecula. And when our first retargeting ad, because he had bought the business and we got going out there and, you know, we started a generic retargeting ad in Facebook, Instagram, and it wasn't converting. It wasn't doing shit. We added an offer and the first offer was like two wine glasses and a wine bag. And it was like, we're spending like $200 a month. And he had like six, 8,000 bucks in sales. We just did a promo with him where he gave away a bottle of wine, bought a huge, you know, box or not box, but like a container of wine or whatever, five, 600 bottles, something like that. Um, and is giving away a bottle of wine with a booking. And we've been running that bottle of wine as like a retargeting ad. Now, now mind you, it's been running a while. It's been running for probably 60, 80 days. The ad isn't exhausted. Um, we've spent on average 250, 300 bucks a month. And we are blowing sales out of the water. I mean, insane ROI return on ad spend. I don't even know how we could actually replicate it and do better. And we've now done the same thing with a few of our other platforms or a few of our other clients where we've offered a very low dollar intrinsic value type offering for coming back and booking. And just having that freebie, you know, that that free offering to come back and book has crushed it. Well, even even to to talk to your guys as listeners, I mean about it about it like a, a giveaway offer. You guys ever mess with like chat bots or messenger bots? Yeah. Okay. So that's the same way too. I mean, running an offer via an ad and then collecting customer info through a messenger bot is something totally that makes sense in the tourism space as well. You know what I mean? If you're trying to collect some information or collect a lead or some sort of giveaway, I mean, using a messenger bot via Facebook ad or remarketing ad is is sweet. I've seen, I've been in that flow before. It's pretty, yeah, it is really cool. There's just a lot of directions you can take it. So, yeah, you know, one thing I want to, I want to circle because there's a lot of guys that have tons of emails and they're just sitting on them. They have no idea what to do with them. Uh, Some of them like to do the old batch and blast, which we know is just an awful way of utilizing your time and resources because most people just don't respond well. But, uh, you know, what do you do with these emails? I mean, do you, do you, do you just do you do nothing with them? Or uh, like, at, at what point do you say that, hey, you know, you need you need to look at what you can do? So so I kinda, I'll, I'll kind of start and then you can kind of finish because we'll go because we talked about this. So, I mean, a lot of the emails that you're 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 do, you're getting is probably 
existing customer base, right? That they're sitting on. Okay. So if you're not having a review system in place, like with those emails or that customer data that you're collecting, because a lot of the times in our business or our space, the tourism space, it's like, Hey, you do your experience once. And then it's like, how do you get them on something else? Right. And, and that's where you have multiple tour operations, or if we have people that have multiple tour operations, you can do stuff with the email blast and, you know what I mean? Running ads too for, um, in, in Facebook of trying to get them to an, another, you know, another tour, another trip or get them to rebook. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what you do with those emails. And, and I think that that's the best first time strategy. Cause a lot of it is existing customer base that you're getting with these emails. And so you want to use at least the review request first. Yeah. So, and, and to that, I think, you know, the email business or the email marketing, if you're a marketing guy, you've really been, you know, hammered this idea. You've got to, you know, you've got to run these emails. You've got to run your MailChimp, your constant contacts and, and have an email marketing strategy. I think email works a lot better in different industries than what we're in. I think the problem that we've found with, you know, us being in Vegas is a different beast than you guys necessarily being in Destin or some of our operators being in like, say, San Diego or for that matter, Temecula, California, right? Um, If they're going on a wine tour in Temecula, California, us running a offer or for another wine tour or, you know, obviously we send that email to them, but the conversion rate on them is far, far lower because, a lot of the people going on the wine tour are from out of state. They're from out of country. They're in Temecula for a once in a lifetime type thing. And they're going on a wine tour. You're probably not going to get them back the same way that we would get them back here in Vegas, where we have people coming to Vegas, you know, three, four, six times a year, you know, we've like even on the Jeep side, we have customers that have booked with us five times this year, or I'm sorry, in like 2020, five, six times. And it's just like normal. They call us up and they book with us. Um, where, you know, if I go and I look at like the return customers for a lot of our clients, you know, even doing like snowmobile tours out in Colorado, you know, they're going out there and they're going to do it once. And then they're going to go on another tour in another place versus coming back because they're just not coming back to that destination. So basically what you're saying is, is, uh, that email only works at that right moment. And sure. I mean, you might not get the person back for three years, so you can send them emails every every month. And at some point, they're going to unsubscribe because they're just because they're, they're not thinking about it. It's not it's, they might not even ever go back. I'm going to play a devil's advocate. What about it's the idea? Podcast, Kevin. Yeah. yeah, I know it is. That's right. It's called the uh, Awkward Kevin po- Podcast. The Awkward Kevin Watersport Guy. No, well, I just before we I, again, like I, I was going to stop and make sure we unpack. You know, it's, I think okay. it's the most said word in this podcast. So let's unpack that. But um, what about the what about the idea of staying front of mind and not blasting them three times a, a, a year, four times a year, but say like once a year because if they have and obviously there's you can argue that there's more effective ways of doing that, but keeping them front of mind. So you're still like sort of generating that word of mouth, you know, zero acquisition costs, a family members, friends, like Destin, we have a super strong drive-in market families. Oh, my family, my friend came to Destin and they blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, if you have an email list of, you know, 10,000 people or 20,000 people, I mean, there's a certain intrinsic value there uh, for even just for branding. No. Oh, absolutely. But, but to that point, I mean, okay, let's say your list is 10,000, 10,000 deep, right? I mean, if you're putting it in MailChimp or Constant Contact, 
now you've got a monthly bill of $250, $300 a month to have an email list of that size. And, you know, if you're going to send them an email, I, I, not to bust your balls, Kevin, but if you're going to send an e- email once a year, how many emails have you deleted today? I mean, no, I, I'm, I'm terrible. I've deleted <laughs> got- 300, at least 300. I mean, because of the same type of situation, I'm on some restaurant list and on some, you know, Expedia sent me 17 emails today and Airbnb sent me a couple. And I mean, I I don't know. I think unless if you're not going to email them once a month, why email them at all? Yeah. And and honestly, I think it can probably lead to to another point is you got to track it. I mean, too, like what is your your conversion tracking of your emails that you're sending these offers out to? right? Right. Like that's where people get messed up in their marketing where we, where we as an agency have realized people are good at running their tours. We're good at kind of looking at their digital marketing for it. Like you might have a awesome tour, but online you're not doing a good job. Right. I asked my brother one, uh, one year to create an email blast. He spent a week on the damn thing. We sent it out to like a hundred thousand people. We got like 20 clicks, no conversions. And I just, that was it. I was done with batch and blast. I just, and that, I just shut it down. And I was like, this is not worth, you know, what cost me $600 to, to build this email. And it was just a complete, maybe some people opened it and saw our name, but that just isn't enough. Well, and that's to the point. If you're not running remarketing ads, like we use emails, like going back even to our initial conversation, if you're going to get a remarketing ad delivered to you, it's because you clicked on a link in our email. But just sending sending an email that's a cast and blast with an offer that says show this email for ten percent off and then you expect your 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 employees to track that for you, that's not a good yeah. It it doesn't work. It's not and and you know, like where Greg's saying you have a list of a hundred thousand people. Well, I mean, I know what that costs in MailChimp for constant contact and and the time you know spent to put it together. Um I think there's ways and I think that there's industries that email really works. Um, everybody that's in the digital marketing world, you know, gets inundated with the click funnels of the world. You know, the, uh, buy this offer today, this offer won't last, you know, sign up. It's a lifetime deal. You know, that's not the tourism industry. It just isn't the same unless you're, uh, unless you're playing a discount game. But if you're in the business of renting jet skis in Destin, Florida, um, I think the better value is uploading that list to your, you know, to Facebook and using it as some sort of like a lookalike audience or a remarketing audience and seeing if you could potentially get a warm body to convert off of that list because they're going to look at Facebook before they look at that crappy email you sent once a month. Well, I mean, then that was my next and you beat me to the punch on that, but that was my, that was in the light of these changes with with the iOS. Like that was a huge, uh, that you know, before they made these, we wanted to up, we wanted to get out all of our emails and create an audience lookalike yep. for Facebook going forward. So, I mean, that to, to that extent, like that, the emails I felt were were extremely relevant. Sure. And and I think you know, and you mentioned click funnels. Russell Brunson talks a lot about owning your traffic, and and I and I think it's I think email is probably one of the the most underutilized. You know, because we have that customer's contact forever. We have a way to reach back out to them forever, regardless of what Google does, whatever Facebook does of owning or buying versus renting your traffic. You know, you have that for a lifetime. And especially for a company like Greg, where I say 10,000 because that's my list, his email is 100,000 or whatever it is. And and I don't disagree with you. I mean, you're going to collect these leads. You're going to collect these emails from these customers. I mean, 
is it going to convert? Are there better ways to make it convert? Absolutely. But I think all of your marketing becomes a collection of doing what works to try to get more bookings, right? So if you're going to collect these emails, you might as well send them an email once a month. And it, you know, on a, in our case where we have a team of people to do it, or, you know, we're being hired as an agency and as part of their package to get an email sent out, it becomes an out of sight, out of mind type of thing. Mm-hmm. In Greg's case where, you know, Greg is selling a ton of different products. I can see where the email becomes a more challenging type of deal. Um, I always wonder in like Greg's case, because, you know, when you start talking OTAs, I know the second I search anything in, in TripAdvisor, right? I, you know, let's say I'm searching for activities in San Diego and it, within that day, I'm getting an email of like fun things to do in San Diego, right? Yeah. You're identified as a known user. We use a program called Iterable and okay. we uh, basically match emails to IP addresses. So when they go to our site and they browse, I, I didn't want to mention that because it, you go in a rabbit hole with that stuff, but sure. it's transitional sure. email. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's that's a whole other conversation. A lot of smaller operators don't necessarily have the tools to do things yeah. like that because that, that program is extremely expensive and I need a full-time person just to manage the well, trend communication. And, and even to point something out to, to your business model, Greg, and, and when we're talking about comparing apples to oranges here, you said it cost, you know, $600 to make that email, you know what I mean? Because the time effort that you had your in-house marketing person do that because that's not, you know what I mean? They, they do so many other jobs or multiple hats, right? Mm-hmm. In like our case of like our marketing packages for tour operators, we are doing this every single day for tour operators. And so it's part of the package. So they're getting so much value of working with us that they're able to take care of those things that instead of just trying it or dabbling with it, there is a consistent strategy with it. Yeah. They're not, you know they're I mean? using templates and they're saving time. Yeah. I, that's, that's great. Uh, I, I totally recommend people. I mean, if they can't afford an agency, at least find a template to utilize and not stress yourself out with finding the right colors and everything, just like with website building, I don't recommend people go cust- completely custom. <laughs> Just find a template and then and then go from there. It, it takes you know seventy five percent of the work out of it. So guys, we're we're getting to time here, and I just have one more question for both of you: is just what are some of the the main issues that you see? Like, what are the trap doors in acquisition? What do you think that you know people really need to hunker down on in 2021 regarding um, acquisition? Track everything you can track. Quite literally track what you can track. The uh, There's so many people that are running like, you know, they have good businesses, you know, Kevin, Kevin's jet ski business that he doesn't do any tracking for down in Destin there. Um, <laughs> you know, that. Oh, I, can, I can tell you every single fucking ROI. <laughs> you don't need to make up stories about your half-ass put together digital marketing. And <laughs> um, track everything. Uh, you know, we're going to come back on the show and we're going to dig deep into digital marketing. It's going to be the, uh, the uh, brain worm that people don't want to listen to because it's like deep in the weeds. But track everything. Google Analytics is your friend. It's not that complicated. It tells you where stuff comes from. You can understand where your customers are com- coming from. You can tell what your marketing is working or what isn't working. But I, you know, a lot of, I, I feel like it's like people that are broke, you know, they don't want to look at their like Wells Fargo account or they don't want to look at their bank account because they don't want to know the balance. It's the same type of mentality of 
you stick your head in the sand so you don't have to know if your marketing works, right? Um, it's it's fear based, and there's nothing to be afraid of. Um, you know, there's so many YouTube videos. There's so many videos out there on how to set this up, and just track what you're track what you're doing. Run your Google Ads, run your Facebook Ads, but understand if the money you're putting out there in the world is actually bringing you back bookings. Because at the end of the day, the people that we're talking to right now, their business is built on more bookings. And if you're not tracking that, then you might as well pause your ads because you're just throwing money against the, you know, you're just throwing it out there to see if it works. Appreciate you coming on the show. And if you don't mind, how can people get in touch with you if they have any questions or feedback? Yeah. So you guys can uh, reach out to us anytime. Um, our website is amp agency, A-A-M-P dot agency. Um, you can reach out. Uh, my email, our, our agency email is hey at amp agency, amp dot agency. And so, yeah, you can find us, Google us. I mean, check out our reviews, check out everything we do. I mean, you know, we, we also have our own, you know, jet skis in here in Vegas. So if you guys are ever here too, and the slingshots come, come check them out. Yeah. They're better than Kevin's too. So Jade and Steven are also in our, uh, our Facebook group, uh, the tour profession, um, water sport yeah. and tour professionals, Facebook group. So you can just, Tag them and, and I'm sure they'll answer any questions. They're pretty active in the group. We appreciate you. Guys. Yeah. Any, try to chime in on there. Yeah. yeah any questions, yeah. anybody that ha- they, they have, or, I mean, a lot, a lot of the time too, our, our conversations start with websites. You know what I mean? So if you've thought about remodeling your website or, rem- you know, taking a look at that, we can look under the hood and, and that's exactly where I think a lot of the problems exist is where people don't have either their their analytics set up or you know what i mean their conversion tracking set up and that's our number one conversation that we have when we talk with people perfect well that wraps it up yeah also if you guys want to come uh if you guys want to argue politics with these guys uh, don't do it in our group <laughs> yeah, we're, doing, yeah, we're bringing it to the awkward positive uh, awkward uh, water sports guys uh facebook group yeah yeah, yeah. come get it man I feel like the guys in that group are going to be a little bit more supportive. <laughs> all, all 275 of them. Hey, yeah. I, I, can, I can debate it with anybody. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, thanks again for coming on the show. And for all you listening, keep it awkward. You've been listening to the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast. If you're in the water sport industry, this is the podcast that brings the business perspective to parasailing, jet and ski boat rentals, sailing, snorkeling, and everything else. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Be sure to sign up to our email list at watersportpodcast.com and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you have further thoughts, questions, or comments about this episode, head to our Facebook group, Watersport and Boat Tour Operators to continue the conversation. See you next time.